Warning, this podcast will challenge your thinking. Welcome to Business Problems Solved. In this podcast, we help you solve your business problems by providing real examples and practical approaches to make today better than yesterday. Introducing your host, the multi-sector, self-professed, most improved improvement person and qualified business problem solver, Lee Horton. Hey, it's Lee. Welcome to Business Problem Solved today. I, I always say I have the immense pleasure, and I say that when, when I don't really know the people that I'm, I'm talking to. Today, I'm speaking to somebody that I've, uh, I've, uh, I, I met a few years ago. My, uh, my little, I hand my little boy over to this gentleman twice a week, um, and uh, and so I guess it's it's with great pleasure that I welcome Mr. Stuart Vucock to uh, to the podcast today. How are you, Stu? Not so badly, are you? Yeah, really good, really good. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. So, um, so I know you from from Exton Villa Blacks under nines and and also fitness outdoors and being a Charlie boy and stuff. But for those people who don't know who Stu is, who is Stu? And how has he got to uh, to that seat that you're sat in today? What's your story, Stu? Well, I don't, well, I'm no good about talking about myself, as you already know. We've already had this discussion before, yeah. <laughs> uh, but I'll try my very best. I'm not just going to go right. That's it. I don't, you know. But um, yeah, um, yeah, I, I do fitness in Charlie. Yeah, quite well known around Charlie area because obviously grew up here. Um, but yeah, I got into fitness around about say 12 years ago. So I've got my own gym at the minute. We have a, a company called Fitness Outdoors that does like boot camp style uh, fitness sessions for the general public in the park. Um, and then, yeah, I've just started uni as well, doing a strength and conditioning course. But getting in this seat, oh, how deep do you want me to go with this? You know what I mean? How, how much of a counselling session are we getting on here? <laughs> I, could, I, could, I could go pretty deep, to be fair. Um, I'm probably where I am now with fitness and sport and everything else because... And on that, if I'm honest, I didn't realise the opportunity that I had when I was a kid that sport could offer, if that makes sense. So I wasted my teenage to early 20 years in sport because I didn't realise I'd ever get older. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. No, it does. Yeah, yeah. So like, when, sounds, when sounds, you, a bit, sounds a bit deep, doesn't it? You know what I mean? Yeah, but when you are, when you are like that, those, those years, when you say, oh, when you're 30, that seems like, like years away, doesn't it? Lifetime, yeah, yeah, yeah a lifetime. So, so when you say you wasted those years, when did when did you realise you wasted those years, and what did you do then to, to kind of position yourself? I was a late starter with football, so obviously with Jack, your son as well, who I coach at minute. Um, I was a late starter at football. I think my dad took me down to a team when I was like, it might have been seven or eight, I don't know, and I hated it first time. I think I, you know, like, like I have vague memories when you're younger, and I was crying my eyes out because I didn't know anyone there. So very like sensitive little boy were. I didn't know anyone. I was like, you know, just all in a tiz. And my dad never took me back to the football that I really wanted to play, if that makes sense. So I knew yeah. deep down I wanted to stay. But to be fair to my dad, I'd been crying my eyes out for an hour. So why would he bother again? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so it's one of them where, like, I, I then didn't play football, I don't think, till I was about 10, 11. And, and as you'll know, with kids at this age, with, with Jack and all other little lads, you're missing a big chunk of football if you're not starting football till you're 10 or 11 and other kids have started when they were six. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So I was always coming to football late. But then I did quite well, to be fair. I kind of caught up with everybody else and did very well as a, as a young lad around the area, playing for good teams, playing with good players. Five or six players who, who I know quite well now who went on to play professional for 20 years. They're all kind of finishing up now because we're 37, 38. Um, 
And it's probably that what I'm talking about when I'm saying I look back and I think, why didn't you still kind of pursue that once you got to like your 15, 16 year old, you know, when you get into a point where you're leaving school and I mean, when I was at school, there wasn't even like a GCSE and PE, do you know what I mean? So a career in sport was not like it is now whatsoever, which kind of like I've gone full circle to be going to university at 37 to do strength and conditioning. If, if, if that would have been available back then, it would have been something I probably would have pursued. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So right now, looking back, I didn't realise when I was 15, 16, that you're soon 25, if that makes sense. You're soon, you're soon 25 and nobody in the world, and it's, it's all down to me really, nobody in the world hands you anything. You've got yeah. to go out and kind of fight for it. So I suppose when I got to kind of having kids, you know, late 20s, early 30s, I then had kind of this, this thing where I thought, you know what, I need to do something with my life. I need there to be some kind of career and some point to what I'm getting up every morning for. Um, I've never really been one for jobs where I'm told what to do. Yeah. So if I've ever had a bot, if I've ever, ever, I mean, don't get me wrong, I, I, know, I, I do, I mean, I was in the army when I left school and stuff like that. So I have appreciated, um, what's the word, you know, people telling you what to do, to be honest. Yeah. But uh, when you've gone through a few jobs where you've had like, you know, stupid bosses who make up their own rules and it's kind of like, I've found a lot of the time in, in life, some people in management roles aren't really suited to managing people. So that used to frustrate me quite a bit um, and I'd end up losing my rag and stuff like that. So it, the best bet was for me to always work for myself, obviously with the gym and with the outdoors. And eventually, like I said, late 30s is where I'm at now, but kind of early 30s is when I figured out that that's the route I should be going down, if you know what I mean. Yeah, wow. All right. Okay. So there's a, there's a few things that I want to ask you then. Is, uh, so when you left school, oh, was that, oh. yeah, yeah, well, I'm in now. Um, so when you left yes. school, um, is that the, the, the army then, was it? Yeah, so I joined the army literally about, must have been about eight or nine months after leaving school. Um, back then, for what, for I, just wanna, I just didn't, um, my dad had been in the army, a couple of family members had been in the army, and about, I think no one would have lied, about five or six lads who were, who were younger around me as kids all went on to join the military, so RAF, Royal, uh, Royal Marines, army, five or six lads in just our year uh, did the same thing, so it's kind of like a thing that you did. And don't forget back then as well, so you're talking like 99, 2000, there was a war happening in, you know, two or three years down the line, which they would have known about. So there was a big recruitment drive on the Army and the Royal Marines and the Air Force. So it was kind of like, if you was into sport and you weren't doing very well at school or you didn't want to do very well at school, because honestly, by the time I was 15, 16, it was kind of like I just switched off from school. I just didn't bother. I just, when GCSEs come around, I didn't do one bit of revision or it like that. It was, if I could have put my 30-year-old head on my 16-year-old shoulders great but obviously that's just like a fantasy land you can't do that can you so it was kind of like i'm joining the army and that's what i'm doing yeah. so the last year of school probably wasn't really there any point to it to be honest with you i went to college to begin with though to um runshaw college doing some kind of i don't even know what it was it was just like building you up to be in this in the like the police or the fire brigade i can't remember what the course was but i remember being on the course for a couple of months and I think people have convinced me to do that and not join the army straight away. Yeah. And I remember being on the course and somebody said to me, um, oh, if you, if you, and they kind of convinced me to join the army while I was at college. They said like, oh, this course that you're doing here now, you'll when you do your basic training in the army, you get this qualification anyway. And I was like, what am I doing here? So I went straight to careers office in Preston, signed up, and then they whisked me off at just turned 17 to, uh, wow. to go and meet the, meet the real world, yeah. And how was that for you? How was that being a 17-year-old lad? Looking back, honestly, yeah. a disaster, but the best thing that happened in my life at the same time as well. So there's two parts to it massively. 
the disaster bit being, I think I was too young to cope with it all. Um, because when you're that age, you get in your first relationship, um, basically leaving all your mates and your mum and dad for the first time ever in your life. And you're just very naive as a, as a youngster. Like I was, I was hanging around with 26, 27 year old lads as soon as I got there and I was only 17. So it's always it's probably going on to the, being the best thing that's ever happened to me. It made me grow up like yeah. nothing else could have done. Do you know what I mean? So all life morals that I still take on today, being on time, being well-dressed, you know, just being punctual and everything else. So that, that kind of stuff, I'd probably still be struggling with if it wasn't for, for that when I was 17 year old. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, how long were you in the Army for? Uh, all in all, it was just shy of four years. So I came out because that old chestnut, um, that you, you met a girl. So obviously, I think I'm is one of them places where the disaster happens where they're getting young lads on and they meet a girl and kind of like your focus goes from your job then to whoever you were at the time, do you know what I mean? So, and I remember people telling me at the time, you should stay in, you should build this as a career. But again, looking back, I didn't even know what a career was at that age. Do you know what I mean? When people were saying to me, oh, you, you know, you have a good career if you do 20 odd years in army. I didn't, I didn't realise that careers existed it wasn't something now I can look back on and go you know I really wish I'd have done that because at the time I didn't have a clue that a job was a job if that makes sense if you, if you know what I mean so it's really daft that now yeah. is obviously no, being older no, no. and experienced but at the time it was just kind of like a follow-on from school it was like I was being looked after at school and then I was being looked after in the army you know what I mean yeah yeah and then when then when you left after after say four years um and following the girl and, and stuff what 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 was your next step? What did you do then? Because because if you said because you said you're not necessarily you didn't get the qualifications or um, academically um, qualified like you uh, like like could have done. Uh, you you loved yeah. sports. You went into the army and you left. What was your next step? So job wise, career wise, I'd say um, just random bit part jobs. Like I was with working somewhere for a year, working somewhere else for two years. And there was about an, about a five or six year period where that is what I did. And to be honest with you, looking back, I wasn't in a good way either, to be fair, because I'd gone from this army lifestyle where it was with lads and it was and it was drinking beers and it was all this, that and the other. And then you come out and that's gone from day one. So you, you massively struggled with um, just a sense of camaraderie around people. It's gone straight away. No matter who you're working with or whatever job you go and get, maybe if you went into the police or the fire brigade, you'd have similarities, but... Going being a van driver, it's like shock. Do you know what I mean? It's like nothing's the same anymore. And then to be to be fair, not that I've ever been an alcoholic or out like that, but when I look back at them years, um, it was like drinking to forget as well. Do you know what I mean? So like yeah. not really enjoyable nights out or weekends out. Weekends where you got that drunk that you couldn't remember what you'd done. Do you know yeah. what I mean? So it was a cycle that was happening. And, and obviously you times that by, I don't know, four, five, six years. You can imagine there was like weight gain. There was... You know, sport had just took a nosedive because you can't play football like George Best anymore, can you? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So everything was kind of coming to a point where I thought, what am I doing here? And, and, and I'd also split up with a girl I was with at the time as well, literally about a year after coming out. So 100% wasn't worth it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so it was one of them where life lesson maybe, need, and maybe I needed an arm around my shoulder, I don't know, just as a bit of advice, but I never really got that off anybody which I'm glad about now. At the time, I, look back, I could look back and I could have gone, oh, God, I'm really annoyed that I didn't. But now, I'm, I'm who I am now because of all that previous history, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Was there a, a particular, like a pivotal moment, a particular thing that kind of 
major major change? Was it a life event or something that happened that, that triggered you? Um, well, I got with a person who uh, I've got three kids with, but not, not with anymore, but obviously we were at the time. And yeah. it was one of them where I just needed to have like a bit of a wake-up call, I suppose, and go and do something that I had an interest in. And then 10 years that we're talking about from being 17 up to around about 26, 27, um, it was always sports. I didn't know... It sounds daft this, and, I, and it still freaks me out a bit now, but I, did, I didn't realise jobs in sport were real, if yeah. that makes sense. I didn't know you could have a career in sport or gyms or whatever. Do you know what I mean? So it was trying to get my head around that. And then when I started to delve into looking at doing courses and, and PT qualifications and everything else, I realised that there was an avenue to go down. And if your heart was set in it, I suppose you'll always find the way to get what you want. Do you know what I mean? So it was kind of like just doing a fitness instructor course, doing a PT course, and then all the courses that I've done that have followed on from there up to now, going to uni and doing like kind of the you know the top course that I could do with what I do as a job. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, got you, got you. So there's a, a bit of a gap between um, starting your own thing um, and yeah. and and those, I guess, that moment where you where you realise you wanted to follow follow sport. How did you how did you have the the, the guts or the balls to create your own fitness outdoors empire um, from, <laughs> from, from from being where you, where you were at that point? Looking back, yeah, I don't know. I honestly don't know. No one's ever asked me that question before. From going from that to actually thinking, sod it, create this thing. Money-wise, probably not the wisest thing I've ever done for <laughs> four or five years because yeah. it's not a business. Fitness isn't a business, as you'll probably know, but you're selling a product. So I'm not buying a product, selling a product for dearer and then making money on it. Fitness is a very, very hard sell, and especially when you do it for yourself. Um, You've got to kind of build up a rapport with people. They've got to be able to trust you. There's a lot of things that have to factor in. So then you're making money out of a business like this. And on art, I never did it to think to myself, this business will make me a millionaire. It's never, ever going to do that. But it, what it doesn't do for me financially, it still makes me have a house over my head, provide for my children, have a good time, do what I want. But it gives you a more sense of a satisfaction when you're helping people. So I've realized that I've just... I've, in life, I've just wanted to help people. Not sounding like some preacher or something, but somebody who wants to... Health, health is massively underrated. So health for me is definitely wealth. Forget money, forget millions of pounds in the bank. Your health is what it comes down to at the end of the day. As you get older, through life, so your quality of life, if you can run up a hill with your kids and you know different things like that. So I'm, I, I know that I'm trying to push that with people because something clicked in my mind that I had to do that as well, if that makes sense. So from having a few years where I was drinking and not giving a toss about anything I then thought to myself I need to sort myself out which I then did and I think right well I'll, I'll try and do that with other people now who, who are maybe struggling who haven't got much confidence who have put a bit of weight on so like I said to you before everything that happened not that I regret it because now it's made me better at what I do going forward and for the last last 10 years if that makes sense yeah but the, the original the, the original decision was I'll, I'll give them credit actually because there was a company I worked for called British Military Fitness and military fitness was massively popular back in say 2008 9 10 11 so i worked for them for a couple of years and they kind of they made me realize that there was a business model in people exercising in parks so going out into the park getting a lot of people together and, and having a good time and making it fun uh, and adventurous so they give me the know-how about how to do that and which then i thought to myself you know what instead of working in big cities where they were based i wanted to bring it to Old sleepy Charlie, where I am. Yeah, close to home. Yeah, no, love that, love that. How do you? How do you um, build 
so I guess what is my question here? So you said when you when it's about, about building a gym was about like building rapport and getting people to 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 trust you to help them with the with their goals and, and stuff. How do you do that? How do you how do you convince people that you're the right person for that and they should trust you? Um having a vested interest in what you do, I'd say. So any PT or fitness instructor who's thinking of doing qualifications or just starting out. You've got to keep going at it. You've got to keep learning. So even now, like we just said about me going to uni, I'm 37, 38 in a few weeks. I'm still learning off people who I look up to uh, in, in the sport and the fitness industry. So you've got, you, you have to keep learning. And then I think what happens is over time, you just get good at what you're doing. You know what I mean? Not that you'll ever get arrogant about it, but you, you've got an understanding of fitness. Same as a, a bricklayer would be able to be, you know, a great bricklayer in 10 years. It's very similar to that. You've got to, you've got to put the hard yards in to learn and constantly make mistakes. I remember some of the first sessions I ever did in front of people, like 30 people in front of you, and you're essentially trying to entertain them for the hour, obviously through exercise, but you've also yeah. got to not, not be some boring person who's just stood there looking at a watch. Um, so it makes you kind of create the gift of the garb and, and talk to people and have a little bit of a laugh with them. And to be honest with you, I think people warm to me a little bit because I'm myself with anything. Like we had a talk just before we came on about, you know, you, you know that I don't like talking about myself because I've never been into it. I've never done it, I suppose. Um, so, it, so it's kind of like hard to describe to you um, what people would see in me. They could probably tell you, but I, th I think what I get from them is that they trust me that I'm, I'm doing the best for them, if that makes sense. I'm not trying to rip them off with money. I'm not trying to upsell them something. I'm not trying to... Um, make the business all about money there's, there's more to it than that and it's more about people's well-being and people's mentality towards fitness i think there's a lot of fitness providers out there who put fitness who put people off fitness from day one once they go um a lot of instructors are the same as well not that i'm slating other people who do this job but there's a lot of people who have this mentality that fitness is a certain level and you've all got to be at that level and you've all got to keep up with me where i try and bring everybody together as one so we could have the you know really unfit person and a massively fit person but they've gelled together and they're all helping each other out in certain ways and I suppose I lead that and and, and push that throughout as well trying to keep the harmony between 80 90 odd members that we've got that they're all helping each other and they're all pushing in the right direction if that makes sense it makes perfect sense yeah because uh, and, and I see that in in you when you're when you're supporting um the, the the kids as well the the eight year olds and it's about it's about teamwork and communication it's not necessarily yeah. about winning every single game um and 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 it's about understanding everybody's individual strengths and stuff so what you're saying about fitness in my head I'm, I'm going well that's what you do on a Friday night when you when you're training the kids and or when when there's a game yeah. going on as well um have you all in fact actually first question um you said before that you can't take your head and put it on your 17-year-old self. Um, but if you yeah. were to give your 17-year-old self a bit of advice, what would you say to yourself at that point in time? Jesus, he won't listen. He'd just tell me to piss off and walk off. <laughs> you know, but um, <laughs> um, what would I say? If we had half an hour with him, flipping out, I would... I'd, I'd love to be able to show him the future, if that makes sense, that, yeah. that I should have done it sooner. Do you know what I mean? But then again, like I said, this, this wouldn't be like it is now if it had been rushed, I don't think. Do you know what I mean? So everything, everything's fallen into place over the years through heartache, through despair, through where am I going with my life and all that to then get to this point. But I'd, ju I'd just probably say keep calm. Like, 
don't go chasing everything straight away. Don't go trying to do everything overnight because like this gym I'm sat in now and even Fitness Outdoors, Fitness Outdoors started with one banner about that big going yeah. up on the side of the park gates and then two people turned up to the first session. And then since that then, 10 years ago, there's never not been anybody at a session. Every session that's ever been on since has then progressively grown. So two turned to four, turned to six, turned to eight. And then now, obviously, like I said, we've got membership between, I think there's eight, 88 people on last count who just go to Fitness Outdoors alone. Um, yeah. Not that they all turn up at the same time, obviously. We usually get between 25, 30 people down in one hit. Um, but it, but it's that. It's, it's, it's just trying to be patient. And that's something I've never been good at either, to be honest with you. Being patient, letting something grow instead of expecting it to grow too quick. Does that make sense? But I suppose that's, that only comes with maturity as well and, and getting a bit older and wiser. It does, but but what kept you going? The love of it. Definitely the love of it. Um, plenty of opportunities I could have thought to myself, do you know what? I could just quit what I'm doing here now and go and get a job in an office or go and get a job you know, with a builder or something like that. Um, and, and I don't want this to sound wrong when I say it, but I've never seen myself working in an office or working on a building site where the job has no purpose as in the satisfaction I get out of fitness is, is not money related. It's more about a woman who's come to me two years ago, who's lost four stone. It's changed her life. She's off antidepressants. She's playing with the kids regularly. She can walk up a mountain. She, all them things that kind of go into that are massively the reward for me compared to monetary value. Does that make sense? And yeah. I found a lot of the jobs I were doing were just for your wage at end of week on a Friday. Does that make, you know, do you yeah. know what I mean? Which I know, I know most jobs are. And obviously I have to make money out of this to keep the lights on, to keep my house going, everything else. Um, but I think the driving factor has been, and what's kept me going definitely, is that person who comes to you three weeks after coming down saying, this is the best thing I've ever done. I love it. And you know what I mean? And that, that definitely is what keeps me going with it. Yeah, no, I love that. I love that. What makes it the best thing for them? Is it is it the exercise? Is it the, in fact, like rather than um, fill your mouth with potential answers, what what is it that makes it the best thing for them? What is it that gives them those, those results? Um. The same reason things like CrossFit's taking off. So I don't know if you know about CrossFit, very similar model kind of what to what I've been doing for years is you're getting people and bringing them together and making a community out of it. A lot of gyms in the past have been uh, like chicken coop gyms. So you never speak to anyone. You're on your own with your headphones on. You go in, you use a machine that's not designed to get you fit. It's just making you get sweaty. And then you go and you leave. And, you, and in all that time, you've not spoke to anybody. Some gyms are getting better at it now, but I think for a long period of time, fitness was related to pain and agony and it's horrible and, and you know, all them kind of words. And it put a lot of people off. When you come down to Fitness Outdoors or this place and there's another 15, 20 people with you, same mentality, like-minded, having a laugh while you're exercising, um, it just makes you become a little bit addicted to it and you want to do it again in, in a positive way. You know what I mean? You want to keep repeating that feeling because... It's been something social. The social side is massive, as we've known with obviously coronavirus over the last however long it's been. That once you're separated from people and there's not that contact, you can do all this over the screen stuff and everything else. And to be fair, I didn't even bother doing PT and stuff over the screen because, again, could have made loads of money from it, but it just went against my values of fitness should be together. It should be face to face. It should be with each other. It should be, you know, bouncing off each other with jokes and wisecracks. And, and that's. Yeah, that's what I'd say. I push the most about everything that we do, that people come down and they are laughing while they're exercising. And if you're laughing while you're exercising, you'll no doubt repeat it over and over and over again. Yeah, I love that. What's the dreams, Stu? 
I don't know. I don't know. Um, I suppose I'm going doing this uni course because I've been restricted in working for sports clubs. So I was at Wigan Warriors for a couple of years. Um, I was recruited from, uh, well, give them the names. Amanda Wilkinson and, and Stuart Wilkinson got us down. Stuart Wilkinson someone I very, very much look up to, by the way. He's like 60-odd now, 63, but he's been the assistant coach of Leeds Rhinos in the past rugby league team when they were very successful. He's coached France, England, under-16s rugby league. He's, he's just he's at UCLan as well, which is where I'm at now, which, and he's like one of the um, lecturers on sports coaching. So again, when you said about football before with Jack's team, although my basis of what I do is all fitness-related, I very much like coaching development as well because it, it connects with what I do as well, do you know what I mean? So it's not yeah. like it's totally out there. It's, it's very much the same. So, so as a mentor, I'd say probably Stuart Wilkinson um, is somebody I look up to because I want to kind of probably copy uh, what he's been through. And that Wigan Warriors bit that I mentioned there, we we got 28 players. Um, Women's Super League has took off over the last couple of years. They've thrown a lot of money at it. And they basically made every men's team have a women's team because they didn't have one, not like football has been for years. This was like a new thing in 2018. So as a, as a coaching staff, I got brought on to be the S&C coach for the team. We got 28 girls who some haven't even played rugby before. And that season, we went on to win it. So we got a group of people together who then went on to win the Super League Grand Final, hosted in Manchester against Leeds Rhinos. And it was like a massive sense of achievement. Um, and, and proper back-to-basics coaching as well. Like, I, like with the kids, obviously a nine-year-old kids team. It, again, it's never been about the money for me. It's about a learning curve and a learning experience. So... The dream probably is to carry on what I'm doing, fitness outdoors, carry on what I'm doing with, with the gym, but get involved with a professional sports club, work for a football team or a rugby team as an S&C coach and just be there day to day with athletes who are getting better. And as a collective, probably goes back to army days, doesn't it really? Um, work together to achieve something, if that makes sense. So yeah. I'm, I'm kind of probably trying to, probably kind of trying to take myself back to when I were a kid and join the army. And it was like that sense of, you know, camaraderie with another load of people. It's, I'm trying to replicate that, I suppose, in life. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Thank you for sharing that. I think, um, I think we just move on to, in fact, actually, right? So you've got, you've got the, um, the, the, the kids' teams that you, uh, that you coach on a Friday and they play on a Sunday. Um, you've yes. got your fitness outdoor sessions. You've got your indoor gym stuff. You've, um, you've just started a, a degree this year as well um you're you're active very active with your with your three kids um do you have a longer day than everybody else I'd say so yeah but a bit of a weird day like i've got to have sometimes afternoon naps you know what i mean like i've got to catch an hour in the afternoon because from today like i'll be up today from like five o'clock i've done two sessions already then i'm on, on to you with this i've then got to go and walk my dog because he's a Sheepdog, and if you don't walk him, he's a totally different animal. So I've got to go and make sure he's exercised. And then tonight, I'm in, I'm in here for three hours, and then I'm outdoors in the rain, um, doing an outdoor session. So I won't finish tonight till about quarter past half past eight. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I do often ponder. Like the kids' football weren't on this weekend, was it? So all my my two sons and my daughter's football weren't on. So Saturday and Sunday, I was like, this isn't normal. Do you know what I mean? When a day is just there's nothing going on, I don't feel right. I know it sounds a bit strange, but I need to be kept active all the time. Although I'll have a whinge about it in a couple of months, but now yeah. I've learned as I've got older that I've got to kind of take breaks as well. Every couple of months, I've got to have three or four days where I don't think about fitness and then my brain kind of resets. 
and then I go back into being all right again, if that makes sense. But it took me a long time to figure that out, to be fair. I was like losing my rag with stuff, and, 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 but it was only because I was kind of overworking myself with these, like, you know, unsociable hours and, and trying to do as many hours as I can for everybody. Um, but I, I've kind of got on top of that over the last few years, to be fair, just making sure every few months I take a three or four day break and let my brain recharge. Yeah, yeah. So you you primarily help um, adults um, to, to get healthier, fitter, um, and create that community and, and belonging. And and like you said about the um, the the Wigan rugby stuff. And but then taking a junior football team, so taking a group of was it with the five year old when they first started or six year old? Yeah, they, they were started? five or six, weren't they? Yeah, yeah five yeah. or six year old they were. Yeah. Why was that a good idea? Um. Do you remember when my dad took me home from that first session? Yeah. And I was crying. Yeah. I didn't want that to happen to my kids. That's that's as honest as I could be. So I wanted to coach my kids through football. Um, not that I'm a football genius or anything like that, I never will be. Um, but I wanted them to have a really good experience of growing with a team to the point where they're 16 to 18. Does that make sense? Yeah. So having that full slog right through. And if they never wanted to do it, if it was something that was pushing them and, and they were like, I've got to like football, I, I would have been heartbroken, don't get me wrong, but I would have not done it. Um, but from the, an early age, Louis, my eldest, was you know showing signs that he were interested in football. Niles followed him. And then Evie, as you know, has just been around forever playing football wheels. So yeah. it was to give him a great experience of that. Um, but to be fair, going, I mean, that sounds like a little bit selfish, like it's all about my kids. I did know, obviously, that they'd have to have other kids around them and, and a, like a select group of people. Had, I know how Exxon Villa work. They'll go get a group of kids together and you're just giving them kind of kids. Um, but it was bringing everything that I've ever been taught off maybe like Stu Wilkinson, other people at Wigan and everything else and using all them... What's the word? Using all the ways that they work, good coaching setups with a young group of kids and making it, like you said before, about teamwork, about life lessons. So it's not just about the football, although that's a big part of it. Um, it's about being polite to each other. It's about saying please and thank you to your mum and dad. And just everything was more about, I just want a group of kids to have the best upbringing of football that they can. Because I had some bad experiences as well. When I started to play when I was 10, 11, it was back in day, it was like they were making you do sprints around pitch and press-ups on pitch when you were 10. Do you know what I mean? It just didn't really warrant playing football, to be fair, some of the stuff. And I've had my first year of good coaches and my, and my bad coaches. So I suppose from that early age, I've then picked points of good coaches when I were a kid, good coaches as I've got older, things I read about, because I read a lot of like coaching things that are out there, documentaries and stuff like that. So it's kind of like putting everything that I've ever self-taught myself about, about sports coaching into a team that will hopefully benefit for it for the rest of their life, not just the short period that they're playing football for, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. No, it's definitely, when you say it, you say it's life lessons, not necessarily just football lessons. And um, and, and, and you, you, you see it a lot as well. I mean, we're, we're playing some teams some weeks, aren't we? And like you've got scowling mums and dads on sidelines, screaming at the kids and the coach is screaming at the kids. And it, it's, it's a blinkered view on how to coach a group of young individuals and how to make them express themselves in life because... The learning, do you know what I mean? A 35-year-old man obviously knows how to play football, but a kid who's seven or eight years old is learning every little thing. They're learning about people standing on the sidelines and watching them, and they're learning about this big, tall referee who's 15. So I get, I do get frustrated with it a lot of the time, but again, it's about just doing the best you can for what you've been given in front of you. 
Yeah, yeah. What what would you hope when when this group of kids leaves? How would like you like them to remember you? Um, just somebody who gave them a good a good experience of football and a good experience of camaraderie, like I mentioned before, just a group of people, whether it be kids or adults, who just get on with each other. And hopefully they go on to be mates who do their first things like going in town, having a beer when they're 18, uh, first lads' holidays or whatever. Do you know what I mean? Just a close-knit group who, from the ages of six, five or six to the age of 16 to 18, have just been with each other every week. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And had the best experience they could have had with that. And I think that's probably showing. I mean, we, we have two teams, don't we? And everyone seems to be on the you know, right him sheet where with no problems. I and mean, you look at other teams having a fold in and this, that and the other. And I just think if you empower the parents with something as well. So if you give the parents that little bit of responsibility that this is what we're doing and this is why we're doing it and you communicate with them, the, they'll respond to you very well. Whereas you'll get a lot of coaches who, who aren't that way, who are just kind of dictatory. Do you know what I mean? So that's one thing I've learned over the years as well being impulsive when I were younger and wanting everything there and now, sometimes it's better to just let things go a little bit and still lead what's happening, but do it in a way where everybody's involved and not just yourself. Yeah, I love that. I love that. And when you talk about um, creating a team and having a, a young team from, from five, six years old, what is, I guess, your um, your approach to teamwork because what you're talking about there, I could, I could have um, a CEO of a massive business um, talking to me now, and they would want exactly the same thing as what you're what you're articulating here. Um, yeah. So, what what is teamwork to you, and how do you how do you create this this? Because you've got teamwork in your in, um, in your out, outdoor sessions, and you're creating teamwork yeah. with the kids and, and stuff. So, I'll, I'm going to stop talking now. I think I've asked the question three times in, in different ways. But what is teamwork to you, Stu? Um, treating everyone as equal, definitely. Treating everybody as equal. So as human beings, I think we're brought up through, you know, being kids to then be separated into different groups and different gangs. One big one is wealth and no wealth. So I think that's a big factor. Um, I'm a firm believer in uh, just treating people and speaking to people like you're all on the same level. Whether, like you just said there, you're a CEO of a multi-million pound company or you're a cleaner of that company everybody deserves speaking to and everybody deserves chatting to in a corridor. Um, you've, you've no right to think that you're any better than somebody else just because your bank balance is bumped up. Um, and that might be from my upbringing, obviously like a council estate upbringing and, and learning the ropes about to, you know, grow up basically. Um, I'm just, I'm, I'm just a massive firm believer in that. That's why money has never been a, a motivation for me to earn a bank balance that keeps building because there's more to life with it. At the end of the day, not to end it too morbid, but when we die, we're not stacked full of money in our, in our coffin, are we? Do you know what I mean? So it's kind of like you've just got to make sure that although there has to be kind of sometimes a hierarchy of fairness, you're not dictating to people too much because you feel you're more, you're more empowered by them, if that makes sense. Everybody's on the same wavelength. Everybody deserves respect. And I think if you give out respect to people, whether you're the CEO or the cleaner, you, you'll, you'll get treated right. Yeah, love that. Love that, and um, so I, I don't think I said to you right at the start of this, but this 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 episode is going to be the final episode in the Real People, Real Stories, Real Value uh, mini series. And I think what you spoke about today, like, really sums up a lot of the different conversations that I've had the opportunity to speak to to previous guests. So there's 
some of them have been like um, lifers in organisations for 16 years, and they've been uh, and they've been like chasing the ranks and stuff. Some people have had um, health challenges and, and issues, and other people have had like squiggly careers and and things. And 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 I've asked everybody, what is the um, in fact, I'll ask you again, but I think I might know the answer. But what what's the defi- your definition of success? In a in a few sentences, I'd say being happy. So being happy. Yeah. A lot of th- a lot of thing a lot of things in life. If you think about it, when you start to be stressed out, a bit depressed, get anxious about things, it always reverts back to just making yourself happy in what you're doing. It's always like a wake up call. Sometimes, maybe like I had in my, in my late twenties to go, right, what are you doing here now? Do you know what I mean? What do you want to do? Do you want to be happy? Yeah, I want to be happy. And whether it be that you chase a dream that's not financially motivated or you you want to make millions of pounds, whatever it may be, as long as it's making you happy what you're doing, um, I think everything else just falls into place. Keeping good people around you and not listening to negative stuff about yourself, to be fair. I think, I think there's a lot of that out there these days with different types of social media that people go on. Um, I have this conversation with loads of people with, with related to fitness. Now you're only seeing like a, a false lifestyle of people. And every time you're looking at that every day, it is indoctrinating your brain, this perfect life that other people have. But to be fair, life isn't perfect. And like I said, as long as you can wake up every day and you're happy and you've got a smile on your face and there's, and there's a goal you're trying to set yourself every week, every month, every year, I think you're on the right track really, to be fair. Perfect. What a, what a lovely summary that was. Because I think it's a. I don't know. I don't know where that came from. To be honest. Yeah, no. I, I think I think I'm going to save that little bit. If I'm honest, that was good. That was. Yeah, was good. <laughs> I'll send you a copy of that. And I think I think that is, from the heart. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it is really important that though. Is that what you said when you said that? You said, "Are you making yourself happy?" Because I think um, some people believe that that happy happiness is about everybody else. Um, but yeah. it starts with yourself and, and the thoughts in your head and all of that stuff. And I think when you said about you've got to make yourself, are you waking up and are you, are you uh, you've got a vision, a goal, and all of that stuff? It's it's for ourselves to um, to 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 help ourselves first. Um, and I think when I you think, I, think that, I think that's a massive I think that's a massive one because you you, you do grow up in your teenage years and your early twenties and you think that you've got to make other people happy. And it's not the fact that then you're going to turn arrogant and, and just think, right, it's all about me. Life is all about me. But if you can't look after yourself, like you've just said there, then people around you will start to fall away because you're not looking after yourself. Does that make sense? You're like, yeah. like you've just said, that there has to be this self-love and this self-care a little bit. And it does take years to understand that. It does take years that for you to be responsible for others, whether it be kids, grandparents, your mum and dad, whatever, You've got to be all right yourself first as well. So there has to be a percentage of you where you think, right, that's my slice. I'm always doing things that are going to make me happier, whether it be exercise, just a bit of time out, like I have to take every every few months just to get my head right. Um, but yeah, but again, I think you recognise them things as you get older, don't you, and what works and what doesn't. Yeah, no, completely, completely. No, perfect. No, thank, thank you so much for, much for that, Stu. Um, a couple of more questions to go. What are you having for your tea? What am I having for me tea? Right, very boring me, because obviously I'm a PT and a fitness instructor. Um, I do like meal prep during the week. This is one bit of advice that I give to people, to be fair, who are struggling with eating. Get meal prep, yeah, and it sorts out your Monday to Friday. You don't have to do anything. You make your own breakfast, you have your dinner, and you have your tea, which is one of these meal preps that you put in the microwave. So that's what I'm having. There's nothing There's nothing too exciting until weekend, to be fair. Oh, there you go. There you go. No, thank you. Thank you for that. And then if people wanted to find out more about you, where would they go? What would they do? What would they find? 
Uh, best ones, probably Instagram. We've got Instagram pages, uh, Fitness Outdoors, and then we've got Instagram page of uh, FB Fitness Centre. And there's also on Facebook as well. Probably that, that page is a good one to get onto. Um, group page on those, Fitness Outdoors and SB Fitness Centre together. Uh, and we've got a website as well. So, yeah, if you Google us, you'll, you'll no doubt find us. Amazing. Amazing. I just want to say, Stu, uh, thank you very much for your openness, your honesty, sharing your journey and your story with me uh, this morning. Uh, it's been an absolute pleasure to uh, to chat with you. Uh, good luck with everything that you've got going on, but, but not that you need that luck, because uh, I think you, you've got it, haven't you? Everybody needs a bit of luck. Everybody needs a bit of luck. But yeah, thank you for letting me on it as well. I know you've been asking me for a while and I've always been like, ooh, making an excuse up. But yeah, it's been invigorating coming on and having a chat. It's uh, it's nice, definitely. Oh, good stuff. Cheers, Stu. Look after yourself. Thanks for listening to Business Problems Solved. You can contact Lee on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter by searching for Lee Horton, the business problem solver, or via visiting www.leehorton.com for more content and to solve your business problems. And remember, saying you know how to do it is not doing it.